Welcome to episode 18 of the Foyne Jones Show. Today I'm joined by Paul Davis, who is the editor of the Professional Builders Merchant. Welcome to season six of the Foyne Jones Show. We're in the studio. To, we're in the studio again, and it's not all about Charlie. It's not going to be all about Alexander Mitrovic and one hundred million pound a year. I just wanted to get that out there now because I'm getting messages on LinkedIn, right? And they're saying, "What's your thoughts? How do you feel?" What would you do? And really, it's not got a lot to do with me at all. But I hope whatever happens at Fulham Football Club and with Mitro gets sorted out one way or the other and we can all move on. In today's episode, we are going to be talking AFC Wimbledon. We're going to be talking about the changing landscape of the builders merchant industry. And we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about what that looks like for the future generation of professionals as well. And that's from entry level and apprenticeship to branch managers and the future leaders leaders of that industry and there is no one better to give their viewpoint there is no one better to bring that to life than Paul Davis who is the editor of the Professional Builders Merchant Publication he's travelled down from Watford today he's, bra- he's, bra- he's braved the M5 and Junction sorry the M25 and Junction 10 he's a little <laughs> bit naughty at the moment isn't it Paul and he's got down the M23 he's arrived on time in full like the merchant deliveries do how are you sir? I'm very good thank you very pleased to yeah. be here uh, as I said, I'm going to get the Metro thing in early so Charlie can't bring it up all, all the time because um, it's a big thing. Yeah, he's my favourite player, so um, you know I, I don't want him to go if I'm honest. But uh, but there we are. <laughs> but we are going to talk about AFC Wimbledon. But but first of all, Paul, I think you know. Thank you for being part of the show. Um, your publication it touches all areas of merchanting, doesn't it? So, Absolutely. So, what I'd love to do first of all is just for the listeners and my connections who may not know about the publication, or they may not know what your role is as an editor and what you do. Um, take a little bit of time just to just to introduce yourself and just just bring to life what what it is you are and what you do and what it offers the industry as well. Hundred percent. Well, we're predominantly a print publication obviously that is something that has evolved considerably uh in recent years like many things turbocharged by covid uh allowed us to really expand on the online platforms and make connections that way um we go to quite a broad church of an audience that's that's one of the tricky things to balance in a sense um both from generalist builders merchants to specialist plumbing and heating suppliers as well uh circulation is about ten thousand people but that is all levels up from abms branch managers all the way up to kind of directors owners senior personnel independents and nationals so trying to meld together all of those sort of disparate things and find some areas of common ground is is, is one of the one of the interesting challenges that we have on well, a monthly to, basis. I have to say Paul that's a, that's that's a demanding demographic of 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 readers if you look at that so one you're in you're in 10,000 plus circulation but you know the 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 expectation of someone at a branch management level or get to someone as a business owner um, what 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 does it mean for a national what does it mean for an independent so they must be real editorial challenges it's a it's a tricky one i think i learned quite early on that not everyone 
is going to necessarily read every single page, but hopefully there's enough nuggets, content, other bits and pieces that, that are going to be there for people to take away. Um, you, you, you kind of realise that you're doing different things to different people in, in some senses, but there's an awful lot of common ground that hopefully is going to be useful and interesting to everyone, whether they are an ABM in a, in a you know, a small independent or sitting around the boardroom of, of one of the nationals. And that's, that's the kind of the balance that we try because I, I think some of the decisions, you know, that happen, I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more with acquisitional activity and expansion and all of the changes that are going on in the industry. You might think if you work for a, a, a local independent, well, how does that affect me? Well, it might affect you on the local level because it might be a branch down the road from you. That It might be your local competition that, that suddenly has got a, an injection of cash or, or, or something like that. So, you know, I think it's important to, to, to provide all of the industry knowledge and, and all of the stuff that's going on, the industry news. We try and talk to experts in the field who hopefully can share their experiences and, and, and offer words that are going to kind of resonate and, and allow you to make decisions uh, about your own business. Uh, product information is obviously key. Supplier support is key. We, you know, we, 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 we try and act almost as a sort of a conduit, really, I guess, between suppliers and the merchants. Um, I think one of the other things that I learn is, you know, our readers, the people that we talk to, the people that we kind of uh, want to reflect they're the experts i'm not an expert i've been in and around the industry for, for for a little while but you know we're not not able to offer any uh tips or, or whatever that probably haven't been considered before but we try and sort of consolidate that and put it in a digestible format and as i say each issue read by a lot of different people but hopefully every issue stuff we've got on on the web and on our social feeds and all of that sort of stuff there's going to be stuff that that every reader can can kind of take away Thank you. i mean i mean there's a lot of powerful stuff in, in everything you've just explained there, Paul. And uh, I think we can we can dive a deeper into that as, as the podcast progresses. But you know, if I talk about and I won't spend too much time on it, but but my merchant career it began in a very it began at a very junior level. Um, but I still going back to those early days remember the printed publications and you know there was an excitement every month when they landed in the branch. They were they were there, and I think we spoke about you know we spoke downstairs. And I said about when, when, when we launched Foyne Jones, you know, that it was the printed medium was where we wanted to be. We wanted to be on the back of that page. We wanted to be in the career section. We wanted to to be seen by others. And yeah, that has evolved now. But I you know, I'm passionate about this. There's something about print for me. You know, there is something about the smell of turning the paper, the reading it. There is there's something special, and 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 I and I'd hate for that to to, to disappear altogether yeah, because it's so powerful, isn't it? To to be there. I, I think if I can jump in on that, yeah, really, please do. I, I think there's so much talk about kind of like the death of print, mm. and you know, newspapers is obviously the best example of that. It's, it's different. It's different things. It's horses for courses. Newspapers are competing with the noise of of, of twenty four hour TV channels, of social media, instant access to news, and all of that sort of stuff. I think we've had to kind of reevaluate what the print mag did. We're probably 
we've probably moved over the years a little further away from kind of straight news because by the time our, our, our print edition comes out, you know, hopefully it will have been on our website and our, our LinkedIn page, you know, before. Mm. So we're not, we're not kind of going to be breaking stories in the way that perhaps we were, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago. But print magazines, especially within specialist areas, within trade media and all of that sort of stuff, PBM, we're, we're part of a, a bigger group. We've got publications for builders, for plumbers, uh, kitchens and bathrooms, sector, electricians, <laughs> all of those sorts of things. And I think that there is still uh, a, a key requirement for people who, who want to, I don't know, on, on, on a professional builder front, put the, pick up the, the, the copy of the mag at, at their local branch, they'll roll it up, they'll chuck it in the van, they'll read it on their tea breaks, all of this sort of thing. For, for PBM, we're going to, to a, a readership and audience that are predominantly desk-based in a sense, you know, even the guys on the trade counter. So, so to, to give them something that, that, that's there that they can pick up, they can look at, they can hopefully spend a bit more time over, they can come back to on another occasion. I think there's a, there's a real strength in print. And I think one of the challenges that, that we have as a, as a publishing house, as a media group is, yes, we've got to move with the times. We've got a, a very strong and growing digital uh, platform across all of our publications but I think we lose sight of the value and the importance of print at our peril. You know, whether that will be true in 10, 15 years, that's a different equation. But I think, I think for, the, for the now and for the medium term, I think, I think there's a huge value well, in, if you, in if print. if you believe what I saw on the, uh, on the telly before I left this morning, um, well, none of us will have a job, have a job in 10 <laughs> well, years anyway, well, mate. True. It's, it's going to be true. all done by the robots. I, I, and, I will and be AI. an AI algorithm yeah, in there. I, I mean, <laughs> look, you know, I'm, I, I'm all for automation. I'm, I'm all for uh, using, using technology to make a difference. But I do think that... Um, our industry and the, the builders merchant industry, you know, it's about people and it's about personalities. And, and there are some amazing stories that can be told and there's some amazing people out there that that I think that the value they can bring to your publication if they give comment, if they give some, some context, if they give an opinion, if they talk about a solution, a, a, you know, something which is sustainable, something which is innovative, something which gives back to the community, you know, 100%. something which is encouraging diversity. There's there's so many stories out there, which I guess would be um, the challenge that you face on a monthly basis as an editor is understanding what's newsworthy, mm-hmm. what's in, what's out. Um, so if we dwell on the, the Paul Davis story <laughs> for, for a little while, um, is, is, is journalism, is this something that you always wanted to do? Yes, pretty much. You sure? Because you was a little bit hesitant. I've always... You didn't want to play number nine for oh, the da- but... number nine for the Dons. No, I, I, number three. Oh, I, left back. I was always a left back. Left right back. Do you remember Gary but... Elkins? Oh, I do remember Gary. He, he Elkins. played at Fulham, didn't he? There you he go. did. Yeah. He had one of the best chants that I can ever remember. Um, <laughs> he missed it, didn't he? I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going to sing the chant either. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but no, he was a legend. But Alan Kimball was yeah. the greatest left back. That that I can uh, remember, he had, he had a, literally known as the wand because of his magical yeah. left foot, and I always uh, aspired to that. Closest I ever got. This is probably a boring story, but I'll tell it anyway. Um, 
I never played football to any level beyond pub football. I still play f- five-a-side now. Um, played is debatable. I'm sure the people I play with might, might have a different view on that. <laughs> but my shirt has played Premier League football. Who for? For Wimbledon, worn yeah. by Alan Kimball. Yeah? There was a game... Uh, it was the opening night, Pride Park Stadium, Derby. Yeah. I'd gone to the game. Um, we were Premier League at the time. It's, it's been a journey um, down, down and up since. But Wimbledon turned up in, in the way that, that that wonderful club used to uh, have an air of the pub team about it. They turned up with the wrong kit. And uh, <laughs> literally before the game started, the kit man was wandering around the car park asking supporters if they could borrow shirts for what, like the home kit? The home kit, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got... Well, you'd either be that or you'd be wearing their kit, wouldn't you? Because I've seen that happen well, before. Yeah, 100%. I've seen that happen before. So, somehow they, they got some of the shirts, but not all of the shirts. So I never quite got to the bottom of the, 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 the full story. But uh, but the guy, kit man, saw that I had the new home shirt on. It was like it was one of the first, opening game of the season, I think. And uh, and he, I, I knew he was vaguely, and he came up to me, and and it's just the most bizarre question to get on the concourse of a stadium. Can I borrow your shirt? Mm. Um, and you know, went for it. They gave me a, a, a shirt of a, a reserve player, Andy Pearce. Sheffield Wednesday fans might have a vague recollection of him, but he only played a handful of games for Wimbledon. Giant of a man. I'm not a giant of a man. So, um, fit <laughs> so, like so a you swapped in Andy Pearce's Swap, shirt. Andy Pearce's shirt. My shirt. No name, no number, nothing on the back. Um, ends up when the game starts, Alan Kimball, left back superstar, is is wearing it uh, in the Premier League. So that's the closest I, I mean, ever. You could, you could make that up. I mean, I it's mean, mad. I've got. I mean, only I've got, Wimbledon. Growing up where I grew up in Fulham, and, and I've got lots of friends from Putney. We talk about downstairs. So, so like you know, lots of them from Southfields, and you know, I was talking, I was talking about, I was talking about my pie and mash shop. You know, it's, it's right in the pie and mash shop. It's not my pie and mash shop, but the pie and mash shop I go to, it's right, it's right near where Wimbledon play on Plough Lane and Selk Road to it. But, but you know, I remember Wimbledon like Richardson Evans and tra- yeah, Richardson yeah, Evans God, training yeah. field off the yeah. A3. Yeah, yeah. So I used to go. Truck stop. I used to go to college, so I used to get, the, I used to get. The 85 bus from Putney Bridge to Kingston and as it went down I was like oh look when Wimbledon are there and I'm like I'm not going to see anyone and, yeah. and, I, and I remember training but but it is it's an, it's, a, it's an amazing story and, and, and I just and I just think there's you know Gary Elkins I remember Andy Sayer I remember back in the yeah. day he came to Fulham yeah. Justin Skinner went the other way yeah. from us to you yeah. and, and I look at that and I look at sort of that era of of of, of Wimbledon and what they were what they achieved, punching above their weight in a falling down plough lane. Yep. You know, hardly anyone. No disrespect. You know, I've been there. I've been at Fulham <laughs> when Craven Cottage is falling down. We're playing. We're playing Mansfield. There's three and a half thousand fans yeah. there. Um, that seems a long way. That seems a lifetime ago now. But for me, it, it's still in. You know, I, I think I think the, the best season I've ever had at Fulham, and this surprises people when I say it was when Mickey Adams got us promoted from the old Division 4 to Division 3, because all my life I've never seen us do anything. <laughs> and I think we came second or third and we went up. But but that was when Jimmy Hill then sold the Cubs to our fired, and, yep. and that's where you go. But those lower league kind of were what I was. And, and we never played Wimbledon, because I was always at the top, and you've been all the way back down back, yep. back down and up. So we will come on to your favourite player, the best game, <laughs> and you know just, just everything about Wimbledon. But but you didn't make the Wimbledon team. I didn't, unfortunately. So, so, so journalism was the route. Yeah, it, it was... I, I don't think I really knew enough about it back then, but I, I remember, you know, always at school... 
I, I like the writing. I went to uh, university in, in, in Nottingham, Nottingham Trent Uni. Um, really enjoyed my course. I like, but I like the writing more. You yeah. know, it was almost uh, you t- turn your hand to the writing. I'd, I'd sort of like to think that I was turning out decently written essays and all of that sort of stuff. I didn't quite know what I wanted. To, where, where to take that um, you know initially it was sort of I remember I remember when I graduated I kind of uh, did, I took my time let, let's put it like that I think people that know me um, you know timekeeping I do dawdle a little bit and all of this sort of stuff it took me a while to kind of get into it um, but then once I'd sort of honed in on no actually if I could do something where I can sort of write for a living that would be fantastic. I, ne- I never for a moment thought that it would be this. Um, I, you know, I remember I turned my hand to one or two film reviews, I'd, uh, unpublished, uh, I, I hasten to add, <laughs> at, at, at the time when I was, at, well, when I was in Nottingham. Um, and, you know, you kind of think, oh, what, what is it? Local papers, you know, nationals. It's really tough. Back then, it was really tough to sort of get into it. And, but, and but back then as well, you know, local papers were big. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like I, I remember, like, like, I mean, I remember the Fulham Chronicle was like the, 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 the publication of Fulham, you know? The, the Fulham Chronicle was like, you, you, everyone had it. 100%, I think. And that was the same everywhere regionally, wasn't it? Definitely. And, I, I mean, I've got... Um, sister-in-law and brother-in-law have got a background in, in, in local news. And what's happened to local news, I think, has been a, been a tragedy, really, because I, I don't think... I, I, think, I think they go kind of local flavour to national stories, and I think it helped with people's understanding of all sorts of issues. And, and now it's... It, 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 there are alternatives, obviously. There, there's, there are local groups, there are local sort of news groups, there's social media and all of that sort of stuff. But I think good hard graft, you know, shoe leather on the ground yeah. and all of that sort of stuff, local journalism was really good. I think for the record I think I would have been terrible at that I, th- <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think I've kind of found an area that, that, that suits let's, sort let's, of... let's explore that then Paul so, so, so take me through the journey that's led to you, I mean look, you've hit the high notes here mate, you're sitting in the <laughs> studio with Charlie Hula, you're on the Foyne Jones show, you've got your own episode, we're bigging up the professional builders merchant and actually this is, a, this is something I, I, I will do all day every day, I'm I'm talking about an industry that I will be forever grateful about, yeah. grateful of. I still supply it now. I'm still a partner of it now. I'm still working with it now. But, you know, I started as an 18-year-old and, and, I've, and I've got so many happy memories. So so talk, take me through your roots, that, that journey that led, led to where you are now as the editor. The, the, the route, like so many people, and I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try not to draw too many parallels between print, and the merchant sector, because I think that's that's a bit crass, but there, there, there are a few. And one of them, I think, trade media in particular, I think, common in common with the merchant sector, a lot of people probably didn't think they'd end up here, but once they got into it, they probably don't ever want to leave it. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think with me, after uni, um, I was working in kind of nothingy jobs, nothingy jobs, by the way, which I learned an awful lot in. I worked in retail, I worked in warehouses, I worked with some some great people that probably gave me some of the best kind of life lessons and all of that sort of stuff. Travelled a bit, came back from travelling, applied for, oh God, any media job under the sun, kind of here, here there and everywhere. Um, end up applying for a job with a publishing company 
in Watford. I was living only sort of 10 miles or so around the corner at the, at the time. So having, having applied literally up and down the country, uh, that was pretty much the only one <laughs> that, that I even got an interview. It's so strange being this side of the table. I'm obviously normally used to interviewing people. I think this is possibly the uh, first interview where I've been on the other side of the table since my, my job interview at Hamerville. Well, I, I, <laughs> so, hopefully you won't leave here thinking you've been ruined on The Apprentice well, or, or Dragon's is, Den. We're trying to it. make it more enjoyable. This so, is it. But so, I think, so, so, so that's where it began. It that's began where it in began. Watford. It began in, it began in Watford. And, and, and the, 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 the person that interviewed me, who, who was to become my boss, she had been... Uh, working in the States for a couple of years before she she, she, she was working at Hamerville. And that's one of the places that I've been travelling to. And I think we were just able to kind of like bond over um, a, a kind of a common interest, common history, yeah. a bit of common history and that, that kind of common ground sort of thing. And and I think it was those lessons like right in the early days, certainly when I've I've, I've come to recruit people later on and things like that, what I'd like to think that she saw in me was you're not just recruiting for the kind of the the obvious position, the immediate position, which was editorial assistant at the time. It was someone who maybe there was something that you could kind of go on and uh, and progress. And I was very lucky as well because Hamerville, it's a family-run company. It it likes to encourage people from within to kind of grow and develop and all of that sort of stuff. And, and, and once you kind of get in on, on the ground floor, there are opportunities to kind of develop and mm. progress and, and, and move up. And I worked on, worked on several different publications before getting to PBM. I've done a few things sort of on the side there since and all of that sort of stuff. But I think once you kind of get into the merchant sector, I, I tell you, one, one thing that, that, that struck me about the merchant sector almost immediately compared to some of the other sectors that, that, that I'd worked in, other trade sectors that, that, that I'd worked in, you were f- made to feel part of it. You were kind of brought into the room. Literally, I'd, I'd been going to conferences and some of the in- other industries that, that, that I'd go to, and you almost weren't allowed to interact or well, mingle. outsider. Um, it, 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 mm. at the t- that made sense at the time because, you know, we're the press, we're observers, mm. we're not part of the industry. You know, I'm not saying that we're a full part of the industry. You know, we still are kind of slightly to one side. But but the welcome that that I got from from some of the members of the Prospero Consortium at Acton Trussell Hotel, some conference years and years and years ago, you know, you're like, no, you're you're here now. If you're going to be in it, be in it be part of it. But you'll never forget that, though, because if people are going out of their way way. to say, I want you to be part of this industry, we want your viewpoint, we want you to help us convey our message, do you know what I would do if I was you? I'd leave right up for it. I'd leave motivated to really make this next piece of content, this next section, the best section I possibly can. So so there's there's, there's a stroke of hearts and minds there, but, you know, having you on the inside... Has to be so much better than having you on the outside. So, so Paul, listen. Look, we've got to know you, and the pa- and you did tell me the passion for AFC Wimbledon was going to come through. <laughs> so that has one hundred percent come through, isn't it, Charlie? Yeah. And I think it's so great because we've had a lot of the the fans of the clubs that everyone wants to talk about. But I love it when we get a fan who's a, a real football fan from a team that has been on a journey. But what's even better? 
is that we both share a passion for the builders merchant industry and you've got the professional builders merchant publication so when we come back after the break we're going to do a few things in the second half of the show we're going to say hello to your little girl all right we're going to say hello to evie because she will be a, a viewer or a listener of the show i'm sure at some time she an FC wimbledon fan yet uh i she went to her first game there you go last season me, me her and my dad so we had three generations oh there you go all together See, we, these are the stories that football's all about. For yeah, me. unfortunately, it was a game that we were winning 2-1 with, with literally minutes to go, conceded a penalty, saved the penalty, thought this is the greatest, most exciting experience. She's going to remember this forever. We let in two in injury time. Yeah, see, see, see if, that happened to, <laughs> uh, if, that, if that happened to my team, Paul, we have a saying... And it's called Fulhamish. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That that that's what that is. That's what we do. So <laughs> so for an example of Fulhamish is Old Trafford FA Cup quarter final. You know, where, that's, where are we that, going with this? That, that's an example. So so after the break, we'll say hello to Evie. We'll talk again about AFC Wimbledon. You know, we'll just dwell on some of you, some some of you, some of the moments that really resonate with you and that, that, are, that are close to your heart. Um, and then we'll talk about the changing landscape of the merchant industry. You know, what what challenges you think are out there what to expect in terms of digital, social, acquisition, consolidation, because it is moving, it, it is, is changing, moving. and we can't fight that. We've got to go with it. And then we'll do what every guest is doing, which is so important in this series. We'll pick on, we'll use some of your life experiences, some of your career experiences to give advice to our next generation and our stars in the future. Sound good? Sounds very good. Having fun? Loving it. There you go, mate. I know it's <laughs> difficult for you being on the other side of the desk, and I'm not as professional as interviewer, but you, yeah, as a guest, best in class, mate. Loving it. <laughs> we'll see you after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, are you ready? The digital revolution is no longer a spectator sport. It's game on. The magical art of storytelling is the future. Social, content, branding, podcasts, video marketing and virtual 360 tours. This is Jones Digital. Welcome back to episode 18 of the Foy and Jones show. And I just want to say a few thank yous. First of all, the most important person is you, our listeners. If you're listening to this show, if you subscribe to the show, if you're downloading the show, I don't care if it's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on our website, or, on, or you're watching this on YouTube, or if you've just seen some of the clips we put out, this show is only as good as our audience, and we want to leave you with something positive. Thank you also to our brilliant sponsor, Marcel Creed from MHK Holding UK. Marcel's a lifelong passionate fan of AFC Ajax, the Ajax way. And um, I always say, send a little the Ajax way message to him when he puts his posts out on LinkedIn. And uh, I think football connects so many of us. Sport connects so many of us. So that leads me perfectly, Paul, <laughs> onto a mini, mini AFC Wimbledon section. So we know you're a lifelong fan from the up, down, and from the down up. But Absolutely. on that journey... If you had to pick one, you may have said him already, who would be your, your favourite player? Wow. Um, first of all, that's probably the only segue that's ever gone from Ajax to Wimbledon. <laughs> no, no. Um, good day, wasn't it? Yeah, very yeah. good. Um, favourite ever player? I mean, it's, it's hard to overlook Vinnie Jones. I think he was he was a better player than people gave him credit. Mm. That 
early to mid-90s Wimbledon team, I think, was probably my favourite. Players like Robbie Earl, Marcus Gale, who we were talking about yeah. earlier, Chris Perry, Dean Blackwell. You know, there's a lot of players. Glenn Hodges, he was a bit after, he was a bit before oh, Glenn, that, wasn't he? And Glenn Hodges, a bit before yeah. that, but a fantastic player. You know, I think, I think Wimbledon, we, we, were, we were always, you know... <sighs> Disrespected. I think people kind of had a grudging respect for us, maybe. But the number of players that we had that, that moved on and had great careers, international careers, off that they played uh, for, for us. Well, you got you Wisey, you got Winterburn, well, you got. Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there's proper footballers. Absolutely, there. absolutely. But they were doing that at Wimbledon. I mean, you know, 1988 FA Cup final, which I was fortunate enough to to, to, to be at. Was we, you there? I was there. Oh, I was amazing. How old was you? Uh, I was 13. Yeah, yeah, thirteen, fourteen. So we're about the same. We're about the same, about the same so, age. So, so, yeah. so I, I remember that, like, like you know, as a as a complete. Well, not a neutral because we were not. But but and I and I used to have a grudging hatred of Liverpool because there was more <laughs> Liverpool fans in my class at school in Fulham than there was Fulham fans. One hundred percent. And they used to make me uncomfortable. Yeah, I could cope if they were Chelsea. Yeah, I could probably cope just about. Well, no, I couldn't. But if they were QPR, I could deal with it. <laughs> but like you know, when I'm when I'm there, I'm like, what's all this about? You know, yeah. and, and and I'd go down to my my little team Fulham and we but but I get it. And so what a moment! What, what a moment! One of the greatest football moments uh, of all time. One hundred percent. But what people forget, we we were. We finished seventh in the league that year. We were sixth in the league the season before, first season yeah. in, in Division One. I mean, it's a massive upset. Obviously, I'm not I'm not underplaying it by any stretch. But you know, it wasn't like we would have Wimbledon from 1984. Yeah. You know, coming up in the in the fourth I division got, I against got to them. know Besson as well when he well, was coaching Kurt at Fulham. Fulham. Do you know what I mean? Well, you, so. uh, Fulham, you've had Sanchez, Besson, Terry Gibson. I think yeah. you know. Yeah, all, he, all, he was all there. He was there with Laurie. I mean, I mean, I mean, Sanchez and Gibson did their best to get us relegated. Yeah, and I, Roy, I know. The good the good ship Hodgson come in and turn that round, mate. But so, so if you're going to pick any. Are you staying with Vinnie Jones or is there, nah, is there anyone? I, I mean, Vinnie wouldn't be the favourite yeah. player. I, I, I really did like Marcus Gale, but I, I'd probably have to pick Robbie Earl because I, I, think, I think he was yeah. absolutely one of the best box-to-box midfielders. The number of goals he scored, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I think it's, he made England squads but was never picked. Yeah. Ended up, you know, having a very successful time of it playing for Jamaica. He scored for them in the, in the 98 World Cup. But I think Robbie Earl was just brilliant absolutely epitomised Wimbledon signed from the lower leagues and, and was just masterful for a very yeah. very long time for us fair play mate and, and and is there anything that comes close to that FA Cup final well I mean we've had some the great, rebirth the, the, the rebirth I, uh, people who know me they, they, they trials on the common didn't oh, they it's, it's, yeah. I mean you couldn't make this up could you it's, it's, it's absolutely extraordinary and, and you know if anything we've almost we probably grew a bit too quick you know we were kind of catching up behind the scenes all of that sort of stuff but the people that, that, that started us up they did a remarkable job and where, where we're at now back at Plough Lane fantastic we had so many high moments you know uh, and I mean the, the obvious ones would be beating Plymouth in the in the League 2 playoff at Wembley City of Manchester Stadium against Luton Premier League Luton uh, a penalty win up there but I remember some of the early cup finals we had you know the, say that again Premier League Premier League Luton. Luton. You know I, mean? I know uh, as, as someone that lives in Watford and knows a lot of 
Watford fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not good for you, it's mate. Not, it's, not, it's not great. Yeah. But, um, People don't realise how intense that oh, rivalry is, mate. It's it, like a Palace Brighton. It, it, it's, it's yeah, unreal. Yeah. Um, and when, when, you know, when Luton play Watford, Town Centre and everything, it, yeah. you, you, you don't go into town that, that, <laughs> that, that, that day. But no, I mean, but I remember, you know, we, we had early cup finals where we were playing at Woking in the Combined Counties League Cup final. And yeah. there were, you know, 4,000 of us treating it like it was 1988 again. Yeah. It's, it's been an insane so, but journey. But that, to me, is, is the magic of football. And it's the magic of football here in the UK is that, you know, your team is your team. And, and if you look at the attendances we get across the professionals, and even into non-league now, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something which we should all, all celebrate. And again, you know, from myself and Charlie's perspective, it is so great to get a fan in here. <laughs> you know, we are talking about the builders' merchant industry, but the, the love and passion you've got for AFC Wimbledon, <laughs> yeah. it's infectious, mate. So thank you, thank you so much for yeah. sharing it. All right, the merchant industry. We're going to talk consolidation. We're going to talk acquisition. We're going to talk how digital's playing a part and social. Um, how, Paul, do you see the landscape changing in the future? What, what, what do you envisage happening as we look forward? Wow. Um, that's a... That's the question. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the time that I've been on PBM, one of the things that I've loved about the merchant industry is it's never really stood still. Um, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit in, uh, in, in the pre-game chat. Um, you know, it's still it's it's viewed there's a perception of it as a sort of a traditional industry, but there's always been evolution. There's always been entrepreneurship. There's always been a desire to kind of modernise and look at doing things differently. It's always been there. And I think, you know, some of the changes over the last few years, you know, continuing a trend, but you, but the, the, the shift, we, every year in PBM, people hopefully will, will, will be aware of this, we do a kind of a top 20 league table based on merchant yeah. turnover. We, we try as best as we can to sort of talk direct to the merchants. So we've got all the up-to-date figures and all of that sort of stuff. And the, 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 the shift in that, some of the names might possibly be the same, but they're under different ownership. Yeah. You, you've, you've got the rise of independence into, in, into phenomenal businesses. You've got Travis sort of dominating at, at, at the one end. There's specialists coming into it. It's, 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 there's always been a kind of a flow and a, 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 and a flux to it. Um, I think the acquisitional activity, the private equity money, obviously, uh, in, in recent years is... Is is very interesting. It's been. I mean, that that, that to me has been. I'm going to use the word game changer. Yeah. But but I'm also I'm fascinated by it's it. It's different well to because, how it was before. Because, because you know my experience of acquisition was was very much being being part of Travis Perkins and you know the the key the the, the, the different acquisitions in the London region then the key line acquisition Sharon Haycock mm. Sharp and Fisher and I, and I watched these big groups become integrated into yeah. the TP model and the TP system and they became very successful and and looking at looking at, at it now from a supplier or a partner's point of view you know you, you I've seen 50 customers turn into 40 yeah. customers turn into 20 customers and I think that that raises questions for for everyone but as an industry we've got to embrace that as yeah. an employee you've got to embrace it um, how big do you think the digital space is going to become because that, that's something which I see some businesses waking up yep. to hugely others are dragging behind I think I think the digital space for the merchant sector is is absolutely fascinating. I, I think again, don't want to keep bringing up COVID or whatever, but I think that that period 
turbocharged digital a lot. I, th- I think, just to, to pause on that for a minute, I, th- I think the way that a lot of the industry was able to kind of turn on a sixpence, um, you know, a lot, lot of good work put in by bodies like the BMF and all of that sort of stuff to clarify the rules, but but how business models were almost able to change overnight was was, was really interesting. I think on, on digital particularly, there's been... Uh, <sighs> I think people knew it was kind of in the background. There were always problems. When we talked about this, I don't know, 10 years ago, it was always there. We know we should be doing that, but there's issues with price transparency or there's issues with this or there's issues with that. I I think over recent years, people have kind of realised, okay, there's more of an opportunity for us here. And if we don't do it, our place... You know, it might not be the same in terms of service and all of this sort of stuff, but but in pure sales, there are other people from a digital space uh, snapping at our heels and they are going to be taking custom away one way or another. So I think people had to become more alive to it and there's, there was, there's been a lot of good work over over the years. One, one thing that I, I think is very interesting um, at the moment... It's a really interesting survey from um, MBG and, and they've looked into kind of digital trends and they're saying that their research is based on conversations with their own partners and with suppliers and all the rest of it, is that there is a huge growth in or a huge requirement for a growth in digital marketing, but digital transactions in the merchant sector are still relatively small. Now, I don't think that you can use that as a full stop, but I think it's an interesting sort of point on the road as to as to where we're at now and what merchant businesses need to do. I think I think there's a, there's a greater and a growing and a constant need to kind of improve e-commerce capabilities and all the rest of it. But I, th- I think operating in the digital space through digital marketing and trying to uh, broaden your customer base, attract a new demographic. Maybe obviously demographics is is, is a big issue in terms of merchants' customer base. I think I think you've got to be particularly well, alive from, to I think that. From the, from the merchant customer base, um, and one of our previous guests, Glenn Stocko, was very I mean, obviously be very passionate about it from the great stuff they're doing. And you know, if you look at disrupting that route to market, there is. Um, there, there's an element of the self-build that a DIY, mm-hmm. that the retail type mm-hmm. customer that can open up margin, yeah. can open up different product groups, can open up a different way of trading. Um, and I, do, and I, I agree with you completely. The, there are some merchants that are very good at the digital storytelling, digital marketing. There are others that are, that are dipping their toe in the water. Mm-hmm. There, there, are, there are some that are less to be, less, left to be convinced. But actually it will be the future because if you look at how everyone buys now, we buy online, yeah. we shop online, we browse online. The merchant space is, I deal with Jim on that counter, I deal with Jane on that yeah. counter, I like going there, she knows what I want, they understand it. Yeah, we're, they're very habitual, the customer, but that customer is also very disorganised by nature. Yes. So, and, I'm, and I'm speaking from, from, from my, yeah. my own experience. So. At some point, they're going to become more organised. When they come more organised, they're going to be a wiser shop. And then, I think, I think there's there's opportunity for everyone. Yeah. And if the industry embraces it and it gets it, um, you said something really powerful, Paul. Is that you know we have to be confident as a merchant builders merchant industry about the long, medium and long term opportunity Definitely. in terms of career progression and career opportunity. And if you look behind behind beyond the conventional. 
the role of a branch manager is all assuming. A good manager means a good branch. A passionate manager means a yeah. passionate branch. A sales-focused manager means a sales-focused branch. An operational stock-led management manager means a, 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 a branch with great stock management and great product placement. So they all play a part, and we will see changes, and, it, and, it, and it's going to be your support as an editor and your publication, and it's going to communicate them positively and openly and raise questions and challenges that need to be raised as well. So I think you're doing it doing it very well. So if we draw on that experience and you've got this through your career, you've got this through the partners and supporters you're working with, this series is about inspiring our stars of the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's also about talking about AFC Wimbledon and Fulham, but it's predominantly <laughs> about inspiring our stars of the future. Um, what advice would you give to the next generation, Paul? I want to wrap the podcast up talking about the listeners and what advice we can give them. Well, I, th- I think the, 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 one, the main thing I would say to, to the younger generations is, is not to be closed off to, to this as a sector. There, 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 there's, there's perceptions and... Uh, possible misunderstandings based on, on, on perhaps the industry not selling itself well enough over the years. That's a conversation I think lots of people will, will have had. Um, I think it's doing a much, much better job now. But I, I, I would say that if you're a young person and you want to get into marketing, why not in the merchant sector? If you're a young Great person point. want to get in sales, why not in the merchant Great sector? Point. Logistics, why not in the merchant sector? Purchasing, why not in the merchant sector? You know, there are so many career paths. There are so many examples of people who who might not at the time have been focused on a career that, but have been in it and, and they've gone all the way from kind of working in the yard all the way to the top of, of multinational PLC businesses, all of that sort of stuff. Whatever your <coughs> desires are for a job... Whatever your desires are for a career, there 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 are there are doors that can be opened to you in, in in the merchant sector, and I think you you can take whatever level of ambition you've got as 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 far as you want it. You could be the best branch manager in you know in 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 the country. Branch managers, they're the heartbeat of 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 of, of the trade. It's a you well know, said, it's, 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 it's a sort of a, a nationwide industry, but operates on a local level. If you want to go down a different route, you could be the best sales director. You could be the, you know, you could rise all the way up to chief exec. The, the, the opportunities are limitless. And I think that it's a story we're beginning to tell a lot better within the industry, but it's a story that we need to tell more outside of the industry and I know that there are a lot of initiatives going going off uh, both at federation level and a lot of the individual businesses and, and, and what have you within the industry are beginning to do that but I think it's it's just we, we talked about being confident about it I think it's, it's kind of realising and recognising what we've got you talk to people within this industry it's given it's given them all so much and, and and that's powerful, you know. The job market it's 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 tricky. It's a tricky time to be a recruiter at the moment. Trying to get people in, get the right kind of people in, you know. Uh, you don't ever want to be in a position. I've I've found myself doing this, which is sort of crazy. You're you're sat across the table from from a candidate, and you almost feel you have to sell your own business or your own role or or, or anything like that. It's not necessarily a case of doing that, but I think it's it's just making clear what opportunities 
exist working within builders, merchants, and the building material supply I, I think, chain? I think, I think you've, you've, I mean, I, I can talk forever from a recruiter's <laughs> perspective at the moment, and, and I will talk passionately about people, and I will talk passionately about the opportunity. I, I've done, I mean, people will see it from my social channels. I've done branch visits, you know, over the last couple of weeks and interview workshops, and, uh, you know, I've, I've loved the smell of the merchants. <laughs> I've loved being on the counter. I've loved the banter. But I've met some amazingly talented branch managers, and bar none, Every single one of them started in a yard or a very mm-hmm. very junior counter level, and they've progressed phenomenally quickly. I don't know another industry that can offer yeah. that, and I think that's where that's where we'll wrap that part of the podcast up. So we've got an important thing to do, Paul. I promised you we'd do this before <laughs> we go. Let's say hello to Evie. Hello, Evie. Evie. Da- Daddy's on the telly. Um, <laughs> you spoke about her first AFC Wimbledon game. You spoke about your love for AFC Wimbledon. Um, from a Foyne Jones recruitment Foyne Jones recruitment group perspective, and from a Peter Raymond Jones perspective. I will be 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 able to give, and I would love to give as much support to you individually and the professional builders merchant as I possibly can. This podcast is just the start of that relationship. Absolutely, we're putting some great content out about you know recruitment boot camp anyway. Yes, but more importantly, it's about building relationships. So we're here to support you. You're here to support an industry that we love. Thank you so much for being part of the show. You had fun. I've loved it. Absolutely brilliant. Loved brilliant. It. Okay, so there's one thing I just want to talk about, Charlie, because it's been quite tragic. Over over the weekend, um, the fire at the Royal Albion Hotel in Brighton was um, was awful. Um, mm, yep. You know, it, it's one of the oldest hotels in Brighton. It's going to be demolished. It's affected. You know, thank God there was no real you know terrific injuries, but it's really affected the local economy. My my son can't get into his office. You know, and he's and he's he's at the end of St James's Street. Businesses are closed down at the moment. They're trying to get back in. Um, because we're based in Sussex, because we're recording this show in Brighton, I just wanted to send a, a message of positivity for anyone who's been affected by the fire at the Royal Albion Hotel. Because it was, uh, it was, and, and that's the that's what social and the news does now, Paul. I could I could watch it real time. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing it happen real time, and I'm like, that's just there. You know, and then like, and then you know, my son's saying, "Well, I can't get to work. The office is closed. The police won't let me in." I'm like, "Well, of course they won't. They're putting it down." Yeah. You know, so what we're we going to do? We've got new starters, and like, you know, I mean, just the impact of that mm. um, is phenomenal, and I think the community will pull together, but. That message of togetherness is something which the builders, builders, merchant industry should be proud of. It's given me everything. It's given you everything. So thank you so much for being part of the Foyne Jones show. It's been great to talk at Merchantine. It's been great to talk AFC Wimbledon. Listeners, connections, fans of the show, we'll see you next week, which will be episode 19. But what a great episode. That's the end of episode 18 of the Foyne Jones show, where with Paul Davis from the Professional Builders Merchant, we've been inspiring our stars of the future. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, as I said, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out next week's episode as we will keep inspiring our stars of the future.